You're breaking up with me? Don't worry, we get that a lot here. <laughs> Lou, you can't leave the force. I can change. I just think there's more money in private security. What I'm hearing is, I'm too fat. <laughs> Aren't I? Four finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Figure Discount. This week we are here to review episode DABF06. It is the Bart Wants What It Wants. I am Dando. I am Guy, and it is uh, very nice to be here, as always. Uh, talking about young love and youthful crushes and uh, <laughs> and of course Rainier Wolfcastle and th those two are kind of synonymous because you know, who wouldn't have a crush on Rainier Wolfcastle? Not so much on Greta. I completely agree. It's funny you bring up the young crush. I do think that they captured to an extent the feeling of young innocent love in this episode where she was smitten over Bart and Bart just completely oblivious to the situation. <laughs> that's, a very, that's a very real situation. That happens quite a lot. I mean, I was often smitten about a girl and she had no idea I was in love with her. <laughs> or she did and played it very, very... <laughs> what, 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 is, what does Bart say in this? Light and breezy? Is that what he says? Light and breezy, I think he said, yeah, as opposed to light and easy. Um, yeah, look, I've had that... Well, I don't know if I've had that situation, but I'm certainly the kind of person where I cannot tell if anyone has had any romantic inclination towards me at all. I'm pretty sure I've said this on the show in the past. Excuse me for doing the scratch on the nose, but, uh, you know, the nose that's, wants what it wants sometimes. Just the <laughs> um, uh, but I think I've said, you know, you would honestly have to strip naked in front of me, for, you know, for me to sort of discern, oh, really? About me? You sure? You know, <laughs> that's so, that's uh, are, you sh are you sure you mean me, Brendan Dando? Yeah, you, <laughs> yeah, you mean this? Anyway, so um, yeah, I can uh, I can kind of relate to the whole Greta Bart situation, and then you throw Millhouse into the equation, or um, actually no, I won't I won't uh, mention that just yet. We'll we'll talk about that and when we get to favourites. But uh, yeah. um, yeah, you throw Millhouse into the mix, and yes, shit's gonna get interesting. <laughs> it's funny when I was a, a bit younger. I'm saying like fourteen, fifteen. Sometimes even when I knew a girl liked me, I would pretend that I didn't. Because I was too scared. <laughs> that's that's a real thing, absolutely. But I do think, like as I was getting back to the point, I do think that they did capture the the little young love aspect of this quite well in this. I think so as well, and and not just the um, the romance such as it is between Bart and Greta, and then Millhouse and Greta, but I mean that whole kind of it's very um, psychologically and emotionally astute about the whole well. You don't have her, but now someone else has her and you want her as a mm. result. And then, I want you then back. The <laughs> <laughs> and then the demonstration with the ball, which, you know. <laughs> yeah, I do, I do wish, I do wish they, they forked out the funds to get I Want You Back for that little montage <laughs> where you were spying on them. Yeah, it would have been perfect for it. Mm. But I, 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 the, story, the thing about this episode was it did feel a little bit rehashed. We've had this kind of story before, but I still enjoyed it because what made it a little bit different was we had the Wolf Castle aspect. And we've never yes. really delved into his personal life all that often. And I got a big kick out of every time he was on the screen. I thought he was really funny. 
I'm a I'm a big fan of Rainier Wolfcastle, but because well, I'm a big fan of Arnold Schwarzenegger, and you know, mm. so this is a this is a really it's a fun piss take. I mean, mm. it's it's an affectionate piss take because I think that's the only way you can sort of make fun of Arnold because Arnold sort of makes enough fun of himself that you can't sort of go <laughs> look at this jerk. Yeah, I don't think you can do that with Arnold. So I think you just sort of have to be kind of. You point out his obvious kind of mannerisms and traits and all that kind of stuff, but you all you have to, I think you have to do it with some degree of um, uh, affection. Yeah, sorry to go back to that, but uh, and and seeing so much of him in this episode, you're right. I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, who 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 voices him? Is it is it Hank or is it uh, Harry? Oh, or? actually, I should know this, and I don't. Let's just let's just check, shall we? Man, I'm surprised yeah. I don't know this off the top of my head. Uh, Randy Wolfcastle voice. Let's have a guess. I'm going to say it's Harry. Who do you think? I'm going to say it's Dan. It is Harry Shearer. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just sort of the, the deeper voices tend to be Harry. It does have that new news That's reader tr- Kent Bruckman voice? So if they're a little bit deeper. It's usually Harry. <laughs> but um, but yeah, just there's so many quotes in this. On that note, let's get into our favourite moments. Hey, my favourite. So to keep things off, my favourite moments were almost every time Rennie was on screen. I just thought he was absolutely hilarious. The laughing time is over. <laughs> I, like we said before, I mean, yeah, going through these episodes, they may not all be winners and all, you know, you know, your the, the quality may vary, but there's usually going to be something in there, like a line or, you know, a scene that's become a meme or something like that. And I'm, I remembered laughing time is over, but I didn't know it was from this. I mean, who... As laughing time is over has been used a fair bit, I think, hasn't it? hundred percent, definitely. It's it's yeah. not quite on the level of that's the joke because that gets used for yeah. every <laughs> single like Randy Wolf Castle meme. But still, at laughing time is over is hilarious. Also, things just like let my muscles hug you. <laughs> 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 but yeah, they they just the parody of Arnold Schwarzenegger is great. But as you said, that uh, when you're taking the piss out of Arnold, it's never to be mean. Arnold can be a douchebag, particularly when he was younger. He, was, he came across like a real douchebag. Oh, yeah. But now he's such a character. He's become almost, he'd be a perfect pro wrestler character. He's just become this character of himself that he, yeah. even he's in on the joke now. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. I mean, d- during the pandemic last year, you know, you're having all these, um, he was doing all these little TikToks or uh, Instagram stories or whatever. And, you know, he's there in his... Um, in his jacuzzi outside, and he's smoking the big stogie, and all you know. And then um, his little horse comes up, or his little donkey, or whatever, and he's just, oh, Arnold's living his best life. <laughs> I mean, um, yeah. Look, there's a lot of stories about Arnold, and yeah, I mean, I think in his early years he was probably you know juiced up on testosterone and other things, um, and sort of was very the confidence that he has, sort of tipped over into arrogance and not in, and not always in a good way. But I think, uh, yeah, he's mellowed out with time, certainly. Definitely, yeah. And, the, co- um, the competitiveness is probably still there, but it's not at the forefront anymore, you know? I, I don't think he's got anything to prove anymore. No, that's it. That's the yeah. thing. Yeah, I mean, he's like, okay, I'm biggest box office star in the world, also the governor, it's up. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you, know, and he, you know, he married into the Kennedy family, essentially. So he, he basically sort of married into American royalty. It's like... He had the game plan and he just sort of followed it, you know, he had the playbook and just followed it step by step and, you yeah. know, it just came a winner. <laughs> so um, it's it's hard to sort of take the piss out of that. I mean, I think to use, you know, 
to look at his sort of most obvious rival, which is Stallone from the 80s, I mean, he's someone you can sort of take the piss out of a bit more. You can sort of do it affectionately, but you can also do it with a bit of kind of, not meanness, but... You're, you're mocking him to an extent. <laughs> you are mocking him. Yeah, you were. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, and having said that, I mean, Jesus Christ, Sylvester Stallone is, you know, worth, you know, what, trillions? Not trillions. And he came yeah. from nothing. He came from nothing. Took a punt on himself with Rocky. Absolutely. I mean, you don't stay in the game and keep sort of winning at the game for like four decades if you don't have something going on upstairs. But at the same time, Stallone's a bit more of an underdog and it's easier to sort of take the piss out of the underdog a bit more. Whereas, you know, Arnold was the alpha dog from day one, pretty yeah, much. definitely. So if you're going to take the piss or make fun or even sort of do you know, a comparative character like Rainier Wolfcastle is, then, yeah, I don't think you can... It's You don't come at the king, you know, really. You just sort of, you bow down. Yeah. <laughs> well, my, ne- <laughs> my, my next favourite moment comes from when they go to Canada. So this was the first time the Simpsons travelled to Canada, which I find mm. mind-boggling. Season 13, before they fer- uh, visited America Junior. I can't believe that. Like, you, you think that would have been the first place <laughs> that the Simpsons visited. But no, and I've read that they really pitched this, particularly on stations in... The, Canada that this was the Simpsons are going to Canada and they showed clips mm. from just the final like five minutes because it's not to like the 17 minute mark that they actually decide to go there there's hardly true. there's hardly any time spent in Canada but I think for the short time they were there a lot of the gags gags were actually quite funny and I really enjoyed the line of you'll get her back eh and B we close in five <laughs> minutes I, thought that's, I really really enjoyed that line and the Paramounty Studios and things like that I thought there were one or two good Canada gags in there but I really think they sort of overplayed their hand a bit but they tried to cram a lot into a short period yeah they did and in all honesty I don't know the Canada piss take stuff felt a bit sort of surplus or superfluous it's like um, I don't know it didn't feel like it was necessary I mean I, I get that but that's what um, they do though when they go to other countries I guess so, yeah, yeah. I don't want to sound like I'm like I'm a scholar or anything like that because I mean, yeah, the, the the Simpsons has gone to various places around the world and sort of played up the stereotypes. Yeah, for them to do it this to go to Canada this late in the in the in the series, you're right. It's like, oh, really? This is the first time you've done that? And um, I wonder if Canadian listeners were annoyed that they didn't spend it because you would have think you would have thought if you're a Canadian fan growing up, it's still two thousand and what two or whatever. A young yeah. kid grew up thinking this, oh, an episode about us, and you got to wait 17 minutes before they actually travel to Canada, you would have been, I think you would have been disappointed. And, you know, we, we get about the stereotypical jokes and things like that. I don't think they would have been offended by it because I wasn't offended by Bart versus Australia. I embraced that. I think it's funny. I'd like to know what they think, though. Were you offended by it? And B, were you disappointed by the fact that they only spent five minutes there? I know they've had episodes since where they go to Canada for yeah. the episode, but this one here was the first time, and they, you would have felt like you were a little bit cheated by it. I don't know. I think they crammed so much Canadian stuff into that short time mm. that, um, yeah, it would be hard to sort of feel, you know, shortchanged. I mean, admittedly, yeah, you're right. I mean, it is the um, the final, what, quarter of the episode or something that uh, they spend up north. But, uh, yeah, they certainly make up for it by when they're there because it's like, okay, this is all Canada all the time. Every stereotype, every archetype, every... Um, Every lame gag and occasionally good gag as well. So, yeah. And my other favorite moment was because I've been in this situation. I haven't broken one of these before, but Homer having his sheer glee of being on the moon bounce, jumping castle, and then breaking it. <laughs> just a, I'm sorry. <laughs> because when you're an adult and you get on a jumping castle, 
you you know you're probably not supposed to be in there, but they're just so much fun. <laughs> I, I, did I share this story last week? I mean, I'm sorry. If I, no, that's so what much... I wanted to open the door for you to get to this story because you, you mentioned something about it. And I, went, I don't want to hear any more. Tell me on the episode because this sounds great. So tell us about your, your story. <laughs> All right. Um, well, the, the lovely Louise and I went down to Anglesey uh, down, the, uh, down the coast. Uh, not last Friday, but the Friday before uh, for a friend's 50th. And it was held at this resort, um, but it was out the back at the deck sort of area at the bar area and it was also sort of a kids play area and they had a bunch of um trampolines like a whole matrix of trampolines all sort of set into the ground well, that's nice that's fun and then one of uh, the lovely louise's friends this dude who's a bit younger only by a few years but has kept himself in better shape than me certainly it's like <laughs> oh trampolines awesome kicked his shoes off and Went for a few bounces and was, you know, having, doing quite well at it. I mean, he was, um, yeah, almost Olympic standard trampolining. And I thought, that looks like fun. Oh, I reckon I'll keep my shoes off and give it a go as well. First, first bounce, I either bounce badly or I'm just not in bouncing shape anymore. And I just wrecked my knee. I don't know if I've done my ACL or something like that, but it was like... <laughs> Did you, was did, you double, did you double bounce or what happened? I think I, I, think I double bounced <laughs> and um, said to Lou, I think, think I'm coming off the tramp. But I was basically hobbling around for the rest of the night and the rest of the week. And in honesty, I'm still not 100% on that knee. So, um, yeah, I think guys' dromopoline days are long gone. <laughs> it's like, who does this guy belong to? <laughs> Louise just... <laughs> pretty much... <laughs> Like, oh, she's pretty man. much. I think we should only see other people. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but oh well. So trampoline, trampoline's not for Guy Davis. Not anymore, unfortunately. No, but I mean, I don't think I've ever been much of a trampoline guy, really. I mean, uh, I, I, clearly, I enjoyed it when I was a kid, like all kids do. But uh, yes, those days are long gone. Cats in the cradle, man. Silver spoon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but hey, I hear you're asking me about stuff that I enjoyed about this episode. Yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> well, of, well, of course. Yes, laughing time is over. Um, yes, very, very good. Um, I, I really like the oblivious gag when they were playing Scrabble. Very good. You know, that, yeah. um, that Greta's sort of doing, um, you know, love, desire, crush, all that kind of stuff. And but just does oblivious mm. <laughs> really know, clever it's really game. clever wasn't it yeah it was good yeah yeah I dug Milhouse dubbing himself the house <laughs> I for some reason I just thought that was hilarious the house uh, always wins <laughs> the house always wins it's like keep using that by all means if I was if my name was Milhouse I'd, I'd probably like yeah that's right the house is in the house and you know <laughs> I'd be I'd be trying to you know make fetch happen all the time and I never would but um, <laughs> um, and one other thing that I liked was um, when they were at the prep school and um, uh, the the uh, the little prep school snots are bullying Greta he's like <laughs> look at her cry new money always cries it's like, oh you you evil little shit but also it was like. It was like a Jimbo voice with added prep school snot on it. Yeah. Do you think it sounded like Jimbo, but but sort of like a haughty it, Jimbo? It, it, yeah. Now that you say that, I do kind of, I do kind of hear that. Yeah. Do, do you mean yeah. Jackington? I don't think that was Jackington who said "New Money Always Cries." Oh, okay. Yeah. 
because uh, there were three of them and I think two of them spoke and then one didn't or they all sort of but they were singing la 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 as they sort of ran off which I thought was quite funny as well but just that new money always cries <laughs> wow what a monster <laughs> next question you there eating the paste alright trivia time you kick off this week Mr Davis oh I've got so many questions here um, so how many have you got? Have you got five? Oh, I've got. I actually got like six or seven here, but I just picked a cool. couple of well, my favourites. Cool. It's a sign of a good let's episode when you've got a few trivia questions. It means you were in the mood. You're in for it, you know. Tr- true, true. Although we may double up because I get the feeling there's a lot of stuff that's you know. Yeah. I'll foil him with this one. Um, okay, well let's start with um, what movie was filmed on the prep school campus? <laughs> that's my first question. <laughs> <laughs> Calling old coeds. Calling all Cohen <laughs> and and who peed in the fountain? It was Boozer, right? Boozer, did, yes. Did he pee in the fountain or did he drink the pee? I thought he peed in the fountain. Oh, okay. Oh, man. I, I, I I could be wrong. No. Uh, my, my next question was going to be uh, what's the what name do they give Greta? But it's new money. You already know that one. So my next <laughs> question is, uh, what's the what the mileage on Wolfcastle's Hummer? Oh. Is it one city, zero highway, or the other way around? Other way around. One highway, zero city. Near a city. That's Actually, yeah, that would make sense. In, yeah. <laughs> don't know shit about cars, clearly. Um, <laughs> um, what time does Greta's mum's custody begin, according to Rainier Wolfcastle? 1,800 hours. 1,800 hours. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Another reason why I knew you would like this episode because it means you could do your Arnold impersonation throughout the entire thing. Of course. Thing. <laughs> Just, yeah, <laughs> you're going to be hearing a lot of it. Uh, buckle up, folks. <laughs> My next question is, why does Bart... Well, what does he remain friends with Milhouse? Oh, proximity? Geographical convenience. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, What is the full name of Undercover Nerd? Oh, I don't know. What is it? Melvin Eugene Punimaya. <laughs> oh, his actual name. I think about the movie title. Oh, sorry. sorry. Yeah. Oh, sorry. That's on me. That, yeah. I should have said character in Undercover Dead. Sorry. How good is that I name? Could... <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I, would, <clears throat> I wouldn't have known his name anyway. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but uh, say it again for the listeners. What was it again? Melvin Eugene Punimaya. So good. <laughs> uh, what is the name of the club that... Skinner does your stand up at? It's floppies. I got that mm. one as well. Yeah, very, very good. <laughs> bow, 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 bow. Another thing that surprised me, it took 13 seasons for them to parody Seinfeld. True. Yeah. Like, Seinfeld was not old news by this point because it was still, you know, it was finished yeah. for like three or four years, but everyone still liked Seinfeld. You thought they would have done it during the prime of Seinfeld, but I guess oh, they, they did mention Seinfeld in the Marge vs. the Monorail where they say we should change our name from Springfield to Seinfeld. That's the only gag we've ever had. Uh, my next question is... Oh, you give me your question, sorry. Okay. Um, name at least two other Rainier Wolfcastle characters or projects uh, other than McBain. Damn, I knew you were going to say this. Uh, Sergeant Murder, is that one? Mm-hmm. Something with blood in it, is that right? Not quite, no. No, what is it? Tell me. I don't know Sergeant Murder. He, uh, he also played Officer Nick Vengeance. Nick Vengeance, okay. Yeah. Yes, and he did a voice on the Frasier. <laughs> on the Frasier, yes, the Frasier. <laughs> it's like when people say the Facebook. <laughs> well, well, the where'd, where'd, where'd you read that on the Facebook? <laughs> I, I, I still, I tend to say the Foxtel now. 
Do you really? The Foxtel, okay. <laughs> I think I, th- I think I started doing it taking the piss and now I just say it. Where is the birthplace of Paul Schaefer? Oh, is it Toronto? Yes, it's in Toronto. Oh, it's a Toronto. place in Toronto. Yeah, but what, is it a place in Toronto or is it... Yeah, uh, what, what, what is the building that was the birthplace? Oh. Or was, or, was it, or was just Toronto the birthplace? I thought it was the building was. Was it that Space Needle place? I mean, what's the name of the actual building? I'm actually confused now. I've confused myself. I better double check this. I'm going to go to Frinkyak and look up birthplace Paul <laughs> Schaefer. We'll find out exactly what it was. Because listeners at home need to know. Birthplace. Sorry. In the, mean, in in the, the meantime, meantime I'm going to... question. I will. What is the name of the Itchy and Scratchy episode that they watch on DVD, on the newfangled format of DVD? Ooh, I don't know, but how dated does that sound now? <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, Circus of the Scars. Oh, Okay. By the way, that was the uh, the bus station that they arrived at when they arrived. In oh, Toronto. okay. Oh, yeah. bit, of a, bit of a sledge against Paul Shane. All righty, was that trivia for this week? Is that all wrapped up? You reckon? I reckon so. I've got. Do I have any more questions? No, I think that might. Do Actually, it. I've got one more. What's the name of uh, the stunt double? Oh, is it Chuck? Chuck. He lives correct. in the yes. Chuck. He lives in the trunk. Whenever I hear the word Chuck now, all I can think of is good luck Chuck with Dan Cook, and it makes me not like that name. <laughs> oh god the dane cook era oh man what was that 2004 to 7 i think so yeah maybe 2008 i think we used to listen to it we used to listen to his stand-up on like our ipods in like, like year 11 would have been about 2005 <laughs> we all thought well so racy and edgy. cool <laughs> so edgy I, I, I met him when he came out to um he promoted a movie called my best friend's girl which yeah. was just uh it's this dreadful romantic comedy that starred all these reputable people, like Kate Hudson was the um, was the girl in it. Um, I think Lizzie Kaplan uh, from Hot Tub Time Machine, a few other things. And what about McConaughey? Uh, Sounds like a McConaughey film. No, no, no. It was so, something McConaughey would even reject back in <laughs> back in his rom com days. Alec Baldwin was in it, but like, and really? Dane Cook was like the. Um, like the womanizer machine or something. It's like, really? This guy? And look, he was perfectly nice to interview, but at the same time, I watched he was on the project or something that night and he just trotted out all the same yarns in exactly the same way. I'm like, oh man, <laughs> you could have given me something fresh. I went back and listened to his stand-up. It would have been about six months ago. And it's just the bit about some sort of relationship. This is a relationship. And I'm like, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> Oh man! All right. Enough about Dane Cook. Enough about trivia for the Bart. I think once. that's. I think that's the most anyone's spoken about Dane Cook in ten years. <laughs> Sorry, Dane. All right, guys. We'll be back after this short break with our full in-depth review. I should say of the Bart. Once what it wants. Four Figure Discount is brought to you by our incredible $20 patrons, including our $100 patron for the month, Mr. Dylan Haggett. Our review of Attack on Titan is coming your way, sir. Also, Bella Winderbank, Katie G. Apologize for missing you recently, Katie G, but Katie G, Jordan Molman, Richie, Noah Daniel, Nick Barbaro, Andrew Zer, Christopher Darby, Chris Malion, Will Manthorpe, Ben Smith, Noah Daniel, Matt Thompson, Mark Boston Burgess, Alex Rodriguez, Tom Pickering, Kane Von Nagy, Josh Head, Sean Davey, Keith Nedham, Sam Bennett, Timothy Belson, Brandon Twitchell, Nick James, Bitch, Cal McDonald, Shannon Hofer, George McManamy, Zach Pruitt, Jonathan Rossi, Adam Sanderson, Stephen Roberts, Seth Weens, Daniel Kotnick, Ali Jamie, the iconic June fucking Richards, Matthew Davis, and David Stewart. Absolute legends, each and every one of you. Also, shout outs to our new 
$5 plus patrons for the month. We've got Jack McCarthy, Timothy Daly Valdez, Molly Stanners Putland, James Rogers, Heather Merrick, and Lauren McLean. Thank you so much, guys, for your support. It is much appreciated. Don't forget, if you want to support the show and get access to a bunch of exclusive four-figure discount content in return, just go to patreon.com slash four-figure discount. But for now, enjoy our review of The Bart Wants What It Wants. All right, the original air date for The Bart Wants What It Wants was February 17th, 2002. So I guess this aired just around Valentine's Day. So it makes sense. They have a young love story near Valentine's Day. It 2002. Uh, it was directed by Michael Polcino, written by John Frink and Don Payne. Chopper gag: The Giving Tree is not a chump, and the couch gag was the classic circus song and dance one that I. It's probably my favorite couch gag of all time. They've used it numerous times. I believe the first time they used it might have been Lisa's first word, if I recall correctly. Okay. But um, I was surprised to see it appear so late in the series run in season 13. But I'll never say no, and do enjoy that couch gag. Now the episode kicks. What's that? It's a good one. Yeah. It is a very good I'm one, just, indeed. I'm just adding my two cents. <laughs> that is my two cents. So, <laughs> the episode kicks off with the family being chased because Homer has stolen the Olympic torch. This was purely done for promo, purchase, uh, promo purposes because oh, okay. they knew this was going to air around about the same time that the Winter Olympics were on. So, they wanted to be able okay. to say, the Simpsons have stolen the Olympic torch as, torch. A, as a promo to get you to watch the episode when really it's just a 60-second gag it, at most. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, w- I was wondering about that, so thank you very much for that uh, clarification. Uh, the logo was upside down. It was their way of getting around it. Okay. Uh, so I, I don't know, <laughs> did, I, did I actually say Olympic torch in this, or did I say the torch? That's a good question. Um, they, probably, they probably do say Olympic torch, or do we just assume they say they it because would, it just yeah. makes sense? Anyway, yeah. they uh, they recover the, the, the torch, though, and end up crashing. The flame goes out. They scream no. Joke's over. It was just yeah, purely for pro- for promos. That's all it was. They then arrive at the fair at the Springfield. What's it? How do you say the word? Pro- they say preparatory. I thought it was prep. Yeah. Uh, well, we say prep school. <laughs> yeah, just prep. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I've never Prepar- yeah. Clearly, I didn't go to one of these schools. <laughs> That's the thing. I went to a fancy lad school, and I think we ever said anything like that. The school you went to was the closest Pre- thing we've got to a prep school, right? Uh, maybe yeah, could be. Do you go to Geelong College? Didn't you? Geelong Grammar, please. Ge- <laughs> Wait, which is the is that the one in Newtown? Uh that's college. So Grammar is the one out near North Shore. It is, yeah. That's the one that Prince Charles went to for a two week period. Is that correct? Uh he went to Timbertop, which is kind of like the um, outward band year, which is in year nine, form three. Okay, is that like the school's claim to fame? That and Sam Newman. <laughs> <laughs> and Guy Davis, <laughs> of course, yeah, yeah, and, and noted noted podcaster Guy Davis. <laughs> oh, that, that's what Bobby Davis's Wikipedia page says. I think we need to edit that back. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> Forgive me. I've forgotten the name of the uh, of the fine person who did that. Was it was it Dylan, Dylan. Dylan Haggett. Yes, our one hundred dollar patron for the month. Dylan, God bless you for that uh, nifty piece of Wikipedia editing, and also for your um. Uh, $100 uh, patron thing. We are going to get on Attack on Titan mm. sometime in the near future. Um, <laughs> if you wouldn't mind getting in and maybe editing that back, I'd certainly appreciate it. And I think the whole Davis family would. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think Bobby's rolling around in his grave? That son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> he stole my bit. Yeah. <laughs> get your old damn Wikipedia page. <laughs> page. Dylan, if you want to set up a Guy Davis Wikipedia page, that'd be great, mate. Does Four Finger Discount have a Wikipedia page? No, but we should. Let, let's do that. 
All right, fans, create a Wikipedia page for us. <laughs> what what happens if Dylan just turns the Bobby Davis Wikipedia page into the Robert Guy Davis Wikipedia page? Part of me is like, <laughs> part of me is like yes, and part of me is like, and part of me is like maybe not. <laughs> Dylan, don't get me wrong, I certainly appreciate it, mate. It's a, it's a, it's a very very sweet gesture, um, but uh, yeah, let Bob have his um, his own. Uh, his own claim to fame on the internet. His own little patch of the internet, I, I think. I mean, listenership has increased a lot since that's been added to his Wikipedia page. Really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, anyway. So, they're at the fair. And it's just a bunch of different gags. Just The Simpsons yeah. are a fish out of water here. They don't belong at this school at all. Why did all these people show up to the prep school fair that don't really belong there at all? I mean, the Simpsons, I can understand. They're sort of driving past. Ooh, a fair. You know, so naturally they'll sort of muscle their way in. Also, the show is called The Simpsons, so The Simpsons have to be there. Yeah. But I mean, um, Cletus? <laughs> yeah, I don't understand. Uh, yeah, Lenny I, and Carl? I, yeah, <laughs> but I guess who's going to turn down a fair? There's a fair in Springfield. You're going to go to it. That makes sense. Okay, I'm buying it. This is this is me sort of pulling a dando kind of, but that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> he he did get out of the cock duty car. <laughs> I think though, like for example, if Geelong Grammar had a fair, I would go because I would have no other excuse to ever be on the premises of Geelong Grammar. <laughs> so Marge is just in awe of the place. We get the, the booze of pee, home of the jumping castle. Skinner then steals some shit. Uh, <laughs> and they originally were going to say, that, welcome to... George Bush's America, but they changed it to Dick Cheney. They got really got it in for Dick Cheney. Is this two, twice in two episodes that they've sort of... Um... I believe so, yeah. I, I, I don't mind political jokes, but I feel like shows like The Simpsons now, those jokes just come across so dated. It's a bit sort of... Um... Oh, damn it, I keep forgetting the name of the breakfast DJs. Bill and... Bill and Marty. Bill and yeah. Marty? Bill and Marty. What a bunch of clowns. It's like... Yeah. Yeah, that's... <laughs> it's not really going to um, last us stand the test of time. Yeah, it didn't really, uh, you know, watching this episode 20 years down the line, it's like, that's kind of aged like milk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Marge then checks out all the food stalls and we get Wolfgang Puck, um, who takes our ideas for Rice Krispie Squares. Another bit of a data joke, I could sell them on the internet. Like it was a, novel- <laughs> it was a novelty in 2002, you know? Mm. But they weren't to know. Uh, but I guess so. this episode was just full of things that normally the Simpsons do a good job of not feeling too dated, but we get sales on the internet. We get mentions of DVDs and things like that. Mm-hmm. Normally they somehow get around that, but I don't know this episode has come across in many moments, just very, very dated. He jumps into Puppet yeah. he's off. Uh, we then we get the, a cool little Batman transition. Then we get the Dodgem cars that no one was crashing into each other. I got a big kick out of the kid that was driving a limo Dodgem car with a chauffeur. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Bart just nails the kid uh, He gets taken away in the ambulance Good show <laughs> Good show <laughs> this, this next bit was good Homer bidding 50 bucks on a silent auction As Flanders Wins a $100 bill <laughs> And then donates it to the orphanage <laughs> No Even, yeah, even worse and Insult to injury <laughs> Hey that's my backpack <laughs> Look at her cry New money always cries. <laughs> Drop the backpack, Jack. The name is Jackington. 
Retreat to the Hamptons. La 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 la. You were so brave to take on all those bullies. Those weren't bullies. That's a bully. Hey, butler, stop butling yourself. <coughs> well, that I could, sir. <coughs> and I just thought Bart was a real hero in this moment. <laughs> good on him. You know, he's a, he's a he's a prankster and a ne'er-do-well and all that kind of stuff, but he's, yeah, got a good moral grounding. He'll stick up for the underdog and um, fight back against bullies. Well done, Bart. What made it better was the fact that he didn't do it to hit on her. He was doing. No. He was just standing up for someone who was getting picked on by bullies. Yes, and also, yeah, those guys aren't even bullies. You no, know, no, no. Just... <laughs> Quit bullying yourself. <laughs> I would if I could. <laughs> then Wolfcastle arrives, and we get the the establishing of the main story here with uh, him introducing himself as Greta's father. Bart is taken aback; he can't believe it. So this is why he wants to be friends with Greta. Would you say he was using her in the beginning? I guess he was kind of using it, but he was just being a 10-year-old, though. Yeah, absolutely. It didn't seem malicious so much no. as careless. Yeah. If you met a girl and Arnold Schwarzenegger turned out to be a dad, you'd be like, fuck yeah, I'm fucking going. <laughs> 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 then we see Lisa. She doesn't want to leave. She refuses to be a Gamecock. Is that the logo for the school that she was talking about or whatever? I guess I, I'm wondering if that is sort of the... um, Yeah, the mascot for the University of South Carolina or something. Let's... Uh... Shall we have a look on the I'll internet? Have a, I'll have a quick look for you. Okay, yeah, you're, <laughs> you've got access to it better than I do. Gamecock, South Carolina Gamecock football. Yep. Oh, okay. Then. There we go. That explains that, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. Oh, we're having fun. You're learning a little something too. Ah, what did you learn for this episode, Mr. Davis? South Carolina or Gamecocks? Cock. <laughs> we then get back from commercial and Bart is getting ready for Greta's house. Homer has given him some of his sound advice to never name a girl Jumbo or Boxcar. <laughs> and boxcar. O- and always, always, <laughs> e- always ask for receipts because it makes you sound like a businessman. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever done that. When If we've gone out to lunch or something or whatever, I'll be like, oh, I'll, you know, you'll go up and pay or whatever. It's like, oh, do you want a receipt? And I'll turn to someone and say, how's work going? Okay, now we can. Now it's a business lunch. <laughs> Such a cheapskate. <laughs> <laughs> oh man I, I just yeah, got a big kick out of that just, Whenever Homer gives advice to Bart It's always funny <laughs> Boxcar <laughs> Or Jumbo <laughs> Oh dear Love it Wolf Castle arrives in his massive Hummer Now this is I think this is a This is very much an Arnold kind of thing Because I think post September 11 And you know You had the war on terror And Yeah Iraq and Afghanistan and all that Hummers were only Army vehicles Or military vehicles and I think I think Arnold saw one who goes, hmm, perfect for me. <laughs> and they, he basically got them to custom design a civilian Hummer for him. Really? Yeah, yeah. I think he was like one of the first people, if not the first, in the States to sort of have one that wasn't military. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, then, and then they became a thing. But your little pie makes me smile. Excuse me, but you don't sound as tough as you do in the movies. If you don't shut your big yap, I will rip off your face and use it as a napkin. Laughing time is over. What I liked here was throughout the first, well, this is the first act's done. So the next sort of like act, there's little moments where 
Greta doesn't say anything, but she's just looking at Bart with just sheer awe, you know? She, mm-hmm. So in the back of the car here, she's just looking at him with the biggest smile on his face and he's just oblivious. He's just in the back of yeah. Randy Castle's car having a good time, you know? Well, that's the thing. I mean, he's he's taken on three bullies by himself and kind of sent them skedaddling. He's basically a pint-sized version of her dad. True. Or a pint-sized yeah. version of McBain, you know, sort of stepping up for the little guy and, you know, sending the bad guys packing. So, um... I don't know, you could read all manner of psychological stuff into that. But, you know, I mean, yeah, of course he'd hero worship the guy after that. She did mention at the end that she wanted somebody masculine, so that would make sense, yeah. Indeed. But then they drive over the front wall without going through the gate. I don't think they even had a gate, did they? They just drove over the wall to get to the house. <laughs> He's got all the props from the incredible Shrieking McBain, whatever it is. That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what would be a movie, so all the props from How, How Do I Shot the Kids? That would be an oh, example yeah. of this, wouldn't it? Yeah. Dude, yeah. I, I watched that recently. Man, that ant oh, gets me every time. I don't think I've watched Honey, I Shrunk the Kids or Honey, I Blew... I don't think I ever, ever, ever actually saw Honey, I Blew Up the Kids. Oh, mate, that was like one of my favourites when I was like five. Oh, God, I love that movie. It's terrible. It's a really bad movie. It's not, it's not the worst movie ever made. <laughs> it's a very straight-to-TV kind of movie. But You're I talking blew up the kid or blew, blew up? Yeah, I fucking yeah. loved it. Yeah, I imagine Honey, I Shrunk the Kids has probably got to be on on Disney Plus, hasn't it? Oh, that's where I watched it. Yes, yeah. Oh, okay. Then oh, I might do a bit of a revisit because um, Rick Moranis, yeah, man, was, what a that what was, a legend. True, that was a huge hit back in the day as well. Yeah, there's a really good show on Disney Plus, an original series where there's a dude who I'm assuming he got lots of money, but he goes around and finds hard to find movie replica props. Oh, that's right. I remember. I think you've told me about this one. Yeah. Oh, fuck. It's, and there's an episode on Honey, I Shot the Kids. And Rick, Moran, <laughs> Rick Moranis does his first interview in like two decades. Because he's just dis- he just disappeared from the limelight. He didn't want to have anything to do with it anymore. And Rick Moranis goes to the set or goes to the studio where they find all these props. And he just, you see his eyes light up when he sees like the shrinking machine <laughs> and things like that. And it's like, oh, wow. And it, I think a lot of people are crediting that show to him wanting to get back into doing like Ghostbusters, yeah. like coming back onto into Hollywood again. Because, um, yeah. I mean, let's be honest, he's going to be in the new Ghostbusters. There's no way he's not going to be in the new Ghostbusters. <laughs> Surely he's going to be. But yeah, so it's, I really recommend checking out that show. That's just, just that show in general. But the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids one is great purely for Rick Moranis. It's awesome. Oh, cool. Um, but how do we get to Rick, Rick Moranis? Oh, yeah, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. <laughs> honey, I Shrunk the Kids. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, Bart makes a joke about how he's better stuff with hay. She thinks he's joking, but he's not. Just sort of a little... <laughs> indication there of the different lives that they both live you know what I mean well clearly she's fancy because she's got a DVD player yeah well this hits close to home because I think I've mentioned on the podcast before I won't mention her name because she may listen to the show because I still know her but there was this girl that I met at a a supermarket roast to work right and it was the first time I ever looked at a girl and heard why do birds suddenly appear (laughs) I was just like whoa and then (laughs) we was I remember it was the night we were doing stock tape and they just paired us up together. And I was like, oh, wow. it's, it's, it's fucking meant to be. It's just meant to be. <laughs> and then, and then, I remember we got home that night and she added me on MSN Messenger. We're t- talking away. And she invited cool. me up to her place to, to come visit. And I was like, back to Classy Dando. It's too scared, but I did it anyway. <laughs> and drove up there. And I would have been, must have just turned 18 at the time. And walked into her house. And she was like, oh, do you, what do you want to do? Do you want to watch The Simpsons? And I was like, yeah, sure. And then she... She's leading me through like this room that has a giant, massive pool table. And I'm like, well, that's cool. 
And then she opens up these giant sliding doors. And I'm talking massive slide because she lived in like this mansion. It was massive sliding doors. Mm. And inside is a legit like 50 seat cinema. <laughs> with, <laughs> with Foxtel hooked with Foxtel hooked up. And she whacks the Simpsons on. And I'm like, okay. So this girl has just brought me to a cinema in her house and agreed and says, well, let's watch The Simpsons, shall we, on the big screen. I'm like, this is as close as I'm ever going to get to heaven. <laughs> and of course, I was Bart and I fucked it up. But still, watching this moment where Bart is just watching Itchy and Scratchy, you know, for the first time on DVD, on the big screen, I was like, this is me. Yeah, this is, I literally, li- I lived this moment once. <laughs> Have you, did you ever have a moment like that where you first saw a girl and you were just like, yo, where your heart started racing? Like for the, the first time you remember looking at somebody and going, oh, wow, what are these feelings? <laughs> yeah, that's happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that has certainly happened. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, you're, I, I thought you would have got to kick out of the audio commentary gag in this. I did indeed. Yeah, well, directed by Steven Soderbergh. <laughs> you can never <laughs> have enough favorites. takes. <laughs> uh, and, and what was great was when they're both laughing... Bart's just enjoying himself and Greta is inching ever so closer. You know, yeah, it's very, very well done. But now having dinner <laughs> at The Simpsons, I thought, this is a pretty big deal. Randy Wolfcastle just having dinner at The Simpsons. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, very nice of Marge to, you know, hit him up with the various worsts. Yes, you know, definitely. Uh, <laughs> Lisa being annoyed by because I see your daughter is a whale kissing Dukakis hugging moon maiden. <laughs> maiden. <laughs> <laughs> What's great about the parody of Arnold here is that he has no filter. He just says, mm, and that's yeah. Arnold in real life. I don't think, I feel like Arnold now would never go out of his way to make someone feel bad, but he would certainly just have no filter. He would just say what comes to his mind. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, you watch behind the scenes stuff on things like Predator, for instance, and, um, you know, that that uh, cast is just, you know, full of jack dudes. Mm. And, um, well, that's where the, the fucking meme comes from, the, 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 two hand, the two arms. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think you, know, you have one of the producers saying, oh, yeah, Arnold invited me to the, you know to pump one morning, and I lasted maybe two minutes. And I was just ranking on the guy like, "Oh, you girly man!" You know? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think Arnold would respect if you gave it a shot, but he would still sort of I mean it would be sort of good natured ribbing, but it's still like, uh, yeah, the, good, good, the good out- try, good try, yeah, nice try, you know, <laughs> but, <laughs> good show. <laughs> uh, but I did like. Um, yeah, after all the, you've got the little introductory bit, but then you've got a commando shout out at the very end with um, he's picking up the slice of um, of slice of dessert. He goes, oh, remember I promised to eat you last. I lied. <laughs> <laughs> very good, but also uh, we also get here Greta holding Bart's hand, and the first we get the first sign here that it's sort of hinted throughout the episode up to this point, but now it's obvious Bart actually doesn't know what's going on. You know, yes. You, you he's, sort of watch he's it just go, thinking he, he's made a new friend, not a girlfriend. Or he's yeah. he's made a girlfriend, but not a girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. And in that moment when he goes, "What are you doing?" and she's just looking at him, and then he thinks it's a thumb war. It's like, oh, this could only end badly. <laughs> <laughs> Surely there have been occasions in episodes prior to this where he's had crushes or he's had like puppy love relationships or something like that. Um, well, he loved his neighbour next door, but she was a bit older, so that was never going to work. He loves oh, no, no, right. Millhouse oh, doesn't right. love a Samantha. Oh, now my pants are itching me. That's yeah. right. Now my pants <laughs> are shaving me. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Uh, 
Great line. It's, that, you know, that was, that's the forgotten Conan episode because he wrote Homer Goes to College and he wrote Marjorie's the Monorail, but he also wrote that episode. And I think that yeah. one doesn't get enough credit because that's also got the B plot of, that could have been me. <laughs> with Homer with the All You Can Eat, one of my favorite Homer B plots of all time. It's so, so good. <laughs> is, is that with, they go to court? Yeah, that's, that's what he goes. Is it, does this sound like the man who had all he could eat? Oh, that could have been me. It's just like, it's like, and what happened after that? We went fishing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant! I'm oh, sorry. We we we're talking about this episode. We yeah. shouldn't be talking about. Other I told episodes. you, it's fucking. It's so funny that scene, man. Oh God, that laugh just. Oh, I see something. Sinus is just choking back that laugh. But I'm sorry. And when you couldn't we, find one, we went fishing. We went fishing. <laughs> oh, beautiful. All right. The, the, but, the, uh, the, the, the best, one of the favorite part about that whole episode, just about though, is when Homer gets dragged out of the of the of the restaurant, and then about two seconds later, just comes screaming back in, ah! and he gets dragged out. Like, but the sign said, "All I could eat." <laughs> That be no man. That be a remote <laughs> machine. machine. <laughs> uh, words that have been used about me on occasion. Let's uh, <laughs> let, let's let's do that episode soon, shall we? Let's indeed. Okay. <laughs> anyway, back to the Bart wants what it always wants. Okay. Um. So yeah. So he's she's holding his hand and he doesn't had a thumb. Blah blah blah. blah. He eats the pie. Bart then arrives at <laughs> Greta's house. However, this time he's brought Millhouse with another data gag, data reference. The was up. Fuck, that was Indeed. a thing. Holy shit. That that was very much a thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, I, I did a little uh, YouTube searching um, bef- of the song? Uh, prior to recording this episode. And, uh, well, there's the song. It, it's derived from the Budweiser ad. Um, Scary Movie did a piss take on it. Yeah, um, they did, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so... <laughs> What's that? Even the, for wrestling fans, the Dudley Boys used to have a move where they would slam a guy down and then, like... Hold him up and both go to each other before they actually do it. <laughs> it was just—it's so early two thousands, isn't it? <laughs> oh, very, very early two thousands. What's up? But I feel like even in two thousand and two, it was almost dated at that point. I feel like it was like late nineties, two thousand, because these these wrestlers were doing that in like nineteen ninety nine. I think so, but yeah, you know, I think it's part of the joke that Millhouse is doing it. And, you know, yeah, that could be that could be it. Yep, he's, he's just know, and he's so annoying, little, isn't he? Always a little late to the uh, on the pop culture train. Yeah, he's wearing his his swimsuit underneath. He wants Greta to watch. And one thing about this too, as well, it's written in a sense that Greta is always a little bit more mature than Bart in this. Yeah, but that's just life. Girls are always far more mature than guys. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Wolfcastle is then at Moe's. That that's one thing about this episode that they didn't sort of tap into enough. I don't think, but there was. I don't know whether there was enough time to. Because having Wolfcastle hanging out with Homer is is there's so much you could have done with that, like a budding comedy. But I guess if you overstated yeah. his welcome, it would have lost its what lost its spark. I don't know. I would have been happy with like maybe one, even two more scenes. Yeah, because I think it would have been a nice sort of parallel lines thing going on about. But doesn't twig that uh, Greta likes likes him, uh, so that could creates a bit of friction, you know, when they got the Millhouse love triangle and all that kind of stuff. In the meantime. Rainier Wolfcastle finds, oh, it is fun hanging out with Homer and his friends, you know, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. I think you could have maybe one or two more scenes like that, and that sort of has, 
they become like really tight buds and they have to sort of break up. That would have been good because they sort of throw this little relationship out the window straight away, don't they? He's like, oh, you guys are annoying. I'm going to leave. Yeah. We'll talk about Canada when we get to it. I didn't mind the Canada stuff. I don't think it was, I didn't think it was egregious. I didn't think it was all that bad. But I think it sort of overstayed its welcome a bit. You could have lost maybe two or three minutes. Maybe. Well, that, 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 yeah. The Wolfcastle stuff making a movie could have been done in Springfield. It didn't have to be in it, Canada. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, and they go to Canada and they, for the sake of a lot of sort of okay gags, but a bit hackneyed. I mean, if you know anything about taking the piss out of Canada, it's always, oh, Canada are renowned for being polite and, and not good at anything. You know? <laughs> when, no, I don't know uh, we, we, don't, we don't agree with that. <laughs> we do not agree with that. Canada sounds fucking cool. Uh, Canada <laughs> seems like the best place you could possibly want to go to. Canada seems fucking rad. It's yeah. like America, but it's got universal healthcare. And, um, <laughs> why Why are all these Americans not going to Canada? Um, I say that with all due respect to our American friends. But um, yeah, it strikes me that that could have been a more interesting way to go with this episode, to have these two sort of parallel relationships. And one's not meant to be because, you know, Bart's clearly not ready or not emotionally mm. mature enough. And the other one has to sort of break up because it's like, Oh, well, you know, it'd be weird if we were friends and our kids have got this sort of weird dynamic going on. Yeah, it would have been a, a, an aspect of Wolfcastle's character that we've never seen before. And Rainier Wolfcastle shows a bit of sort of sensitive, oh, this is what it sounds like when doves cry and he sort of walks <laughs> off and all this kind of stuff. But anyway, look, that's what could have been. But, mm. you know, we've got what we've got, which is still not bad. Let's continue with our uh, review of The Bart Wants What It Wants. Well, we? just before we do, it just gets back to, it just gets oh, back to my okay. point, though. <laughs> Sorry, earlier. I'm taking the wheel off Dando. Dando normally does that stuff. And I'm yeah. like, let's get back on track. <laughs> to get my point at the start was that if you want to go to Canada, that's fine. But just do a Canada episode. Don't tag it as like three minutes at the end of another episode. Yeah, that's, that's a really, really good point. Yeah, there's a lot in Canada to sort of take advantage of or to have fun with. And to sort of try and squeeze it all into the third act feels a bit... Uh, like the last half of the third act, yeah. Yeah, it feels a bit rushed. It does, yeah. But, you know, we got what we got, like you said. But Wolf castles up Moe's and he gets... His, I, I did like hear the, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> I do use that all, all, all the time. Then we get Moe thinking he's Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> Horrifying. <laughs> how, how great was this? This was almost my favourite moment. Skinner tells Willie, "No, don't tell anyone I'm doing the stand-up. <laughs> I won't if you give me a, if you put me on the door list. Plus one, nay." <laughs> <laughs> Poor Willie. Oh man. <laughs> Bart overhears and decides he's going to blow off Greta. And this is where there's two ways oh. of looking at this. He's either a douchebag or he's just a kid who's ten years old and he's just inexperienced in the field of women. I'm going to be the uh, the. Girl from the taco went. Why can't he be both? Yeah. He's a ten-year-old douchebag. No, no. Yeah. I just think he's. A, I just think he's a, a careless, thoughtless ten-year-old. I don't think there's any malice in his actions, but I think he's got. Poor he doesn't like. He doesn't control. like her. He doesn't love yeah. her. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And it's not like oh, this girl likes me, and I've got to sort of work my way. It's like he's just oblivious, as per the, the Scrabble gag. But yeah. um, by the way, I'd like to just rewind quickly because they've got a little bit where they're at the basketball. I think. Yes. Yeah. Have we, have we already... eating the stuff off the floor and yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 It's a, 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 have we had that moment yet? I, oh, according to yeah, my, sorry, according I'll to skip, my notes, I, I, did, I did skip it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Lara Flynn. Lara Flynn boy guy was the worst gag in the whole episode. That's not great. Yeah. That's not oh. great. But um, also, I didn't get the free lotion thing. I was going to ask you the same thing. I'm like, 
I, I feel I felt I like I, I missed something to... and they should have gone back and I was like I can't be bothered. But I feel like I, I missed something. I don't know something. if it's meant to be a reference to something or not. I don't know. No. But it's maybe like... it's obvious and the listeners are going, "You fools!" It's this, but I it was completely well, out of my head. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess it is that. Oh wow, you've got a hand. You've got a dirty great handful of free lotion, which is odd. I mean, just sort of seems random for random sake. Was there a sign at the front that we missed? Maybe. Well, it did say it's free lotion night. Oh, is that maybe the joke it's like a, just surely a, that's not the just joke. A, it's just a piss take on. Hey, it's free T-shirt night, or it's free Pepsi night, or something, and you know, instead it's like free hand lotion. Okay, I mean, great. We're very handy in twenty twenty one. Oh, absolutely. Well, was it was it disinfectant or was it just sort of like, um, you know, make uh, your skin nice? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. But um, but yeah, the, the, the really the really shit Lara Flynn Boyle. It's like, oh, we, we need to work out a way to say I got a boil on my ass, and I'm like, oh god, mm. not good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah. So Skinner's told. Willie blah blah blah, but over here he's gonna uh, fob off Greta, so we can go to. Uh, <laughs> I did like the. I did like the beer. Like, here are directions to floppies, starting at the Simpsons house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a prop comedy of the sea captain, more like thar he blows. <laughs> Yar, I'm so sorry. All right, let's keep this train wreck moving. Principal Skinner. I know him. He's not funny. Well, enjoy. <clears throat> so it's uh, standardized testing time again. Have you ever noticed how the dumb kids fill in the wrong circles? Seymour! Seymour! <laughs> Lost my place. <clears throat> maybe, 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 maybe a little uh, improv would raise the roof here. Would someone name a profession? Loser principal! Uh... I think I heard California Surfer. Yo, suck, Seymour! I'll tell you a quick story if you're interested. Um, because I'm not a stand-up comedian, but I did play one in a movie once. Did you really? I did. Have you... <laughs> I may not be a comedian, but I do play one on TV. <laughs> <laughs> a good buddy of mine, Paul, um, uh, he and his partner Perry wrote and directed this movie. Actual feature, you can find it on Amazon Prime. Uh, it's called Trench. It's kind of like a uh, detective thriller with a bit of a black comedy element. And wow. in it, he, he knew that I'd done a bit of acting in the past. He said, oh, do you want to be in this and play this really sort of gross, misogynistic stand-up comedian? You'd be perfect for the role. <laughs> the part I was born to play. So... Um, <laughs> Listeners, I'll put the um, I'll put the trailer up on the uh, on the Facebook page, um, and if you've got Amazon Prime, you can watch it for nothing. Um, but uh, Paul had written Paul had written some dialogue and some sort of riffs for the bit for the uh, for the comedian. I'm like, these are good, but can I, do you mind if I play around with this a bit? And I sort of came up with some other material and all that kind of stuff. And then when we were filming, we had to do we had to shoot some scenes where you couldn't hear the audio. But I was on stage and I was doing my routine, so I sort of had to come up with stuff off the uh, off the top of my off the top of my head. What's the deal? <laughs> it, it it was pretty. I mean, it was like who's some really raunchy like stand up comedian? It was a bit sort of Andrew Dice Clayish. <laughs> Would you say Bill Burr? A bit Bill Burrish, yeah. Because I mean, because I had the shaved head and everything as well, so I mm. looked a bit Bill Burrish as well. 
Um, I think it was based on Jim Jeffries. I think uh, Paul originally based the character on Jim Jeffries. So, um, yeah, so I've done a, <laughs> I haven't done actual stand-up, but I've done some stand-up. Mm. Um, yeah, and the material actually got a few laughs from the, um, from the crowd, so I don't know. Um, but anyway, yeah, but no, actually doing an open mic, I couldn't do it. Couldn't no, not do at it. all. So, yeah, so props to the, uh, well, actual props to the sea captain because he's doing props. Uh, props comedy, <laughs> and I, but I did like Krusty's sort of more like there he blows. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here comes Skinner. He's not funny. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, how how bad did you feel for Skinner when he tried the California Surfer? Oh man, <laughs> not Dreadful. good at all. If it Agnes, how you should? What is it? You suck, Seymour. You suck. <laughs> Bart arrives home. Alicia's waiting up for him. She's annoyed. You know. Yeah. Also but, got hair rollers in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think, which, is, which I think is kind of this the. I've been waiting it, up for you all yes, night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Got, is it? Yeah, she might as well be holding a rolling pin. I was better say the, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> if we're gonna if we're gonna steer into the cliches, go all the way. Babe. Go all in. I'm sure. But I love Bart's line. I only lied to her to get what I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> Lisa says, you know, she tries to explain, she's in love with you. You can you can you not see this? And then he thinks back and goes, Oh shit. Yeah. yeah. But then <laughs> as he says, look, I didn't lead her on. Like I never wanted this. I didn't ask for this. Yeah. I was just being a friend. I and the the line I played it like breezy. Apparently it was a big hit with the Simpsons writing staff and they used it oh. all the time in the office. Light and breezy. Okay. Light and breezy. Bart then plans to dump her hard and just go back to being friends because <laughs> that's the way women work, as according to Bart. And uh, Homer arrives home. And where have you been? Cockfight. Can I, can I just say, by the way, we haven't mentioned it yet. I thought Reese Witherspoon did a fantastic job as Greta. I thought she was fine. I've, I thought she was really good. I thought she really felt like an innocent 10-year-old. To me, Drew Barrymore didn't come across like a child. It sounded like, maybe because I know Drew Barrymore's voice so well, and it felt like Reese Witherspoon was putting on a voice. Drew Barrymore well, was just being Drew Barrymore, you know? Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, Reese Witherspoon's an actor. I mean, Drew, Drew Barrymore's an actor as well, but I mean, Reese Witherspoon is an Oscar-winning actor. So I get the feeling she'd be like, she'd be a bit like Edward Norton. She'd take it seriously. And like, okay, I'm not going to I'm not gonna do Reese Witherspoon bits here. I'll just, I'll play the character. I'll play yeah. the role. And it's not much of a role. I mean, it's not much of a of, of a character, but I think... It's, yeah, it's, what, it's, not, it's not very unique. It's just a 10-year-old, yeah. No, no. She's more a sort of a plot device than an actual sort of fully fleshed out character. I'm just looking up here what how old she would have been when the episode aired. So she would have been... She would have recorded this in, she would have recorded this in 2001. So that was how long? Two years ago. She would have been 25 when this was recorded. Okay. Yeah, so she's still, okay. she's still very young. This yeah. is... Well, this is the legally blonde era. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, when did that come out? Two thousand, yeah. the first one, I think. Yeah, two thousand, two thousand and one. Yeah. So yeah. this was pre Walk the Line. Yes. Uh, but anyway, so yes, yeah, so they've broken up, and now it's back for commercial. Greta is really sad with Wolfcastle. This is where we get the first sort of indication that he does have a heart, and he feels mm-hmm. sorry for because she has to explain to him, "No, Dad, this isn't a movie. Like everything comes back to his movie characters." And he's like, "All right, let my muscles hug you." You know, and he feels sad for his daughter. <laughs> Uh, Bart then arrives to apologise to Greta and finds the house has arrived. <laughs> does and, he say uh, what's up again? Does he get him with a what's up again? I think he does. And he's like, no one has to draw <laughs> me a picture. Well, I did. <laughs> Millhouse is a, a... Like, there's been numerous times throughout the series where Millhouse is just an absolute 
douchebag to buy it. Like when he buys his soul, and he's like, can I buy it back? He's like, 50 bucks. It's like, you little <laughs> shithead. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I think Bart tends to um, take advantage of his sort of, of his alpha status in the relationship a bit. So well, I think yeah. any time Milhouse has an opportunity to sort of have the upper hand in any way, he's mm. just going to take it with both hands. Yeah, I can see that. One of my favourite moments of Bart putting down Milhouse is, is from the episode The Summer of Four Foot Two, and Bart tries to impress the cool kids, and they they not buying it at all, and Milhouse is waiting in the bushes, and Bart goes back, and Milhouse is like, did it work? And Bart's like, no, they must have seen you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, it's so funny. It's so, so good. Anyway, so Milhouse is now on the scene. And as she points out, you know, he, he kissed me in the eye. But it's, a, it's clearly he's, he's a, a jealousy a jealousy partner. Yeah. You know, just a revenge he's a, partner, he's a re- I should say. Revenge partner. He's a rebounder. Yeah, yeah He's but, a rebound but, boy. He's a little bit of a rebounder. He's a revenge. He's, she's purely dating him. She doesn't like oh, okay. Milhouse. She's just there to piss Actually, off Bart. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Good point. Lisa then explains... You know, the whole human nature aspect to this. The only reason you now want her is because Milhouse has her. Oh, great. Gets the ball. Give it a ball. Give it a ball. Give it a ball. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, though. Uh, with, with everything. Oh, Al- Ali can absolutely. be sitting there and there'll be a toy he has not touched in six months. We have kids over. They pick up that toy. He immediately wants that toy. And that's the only toy he wants. Mm. <laughs> the, hu- the human brain is a weird one. It is, yeah. Uh, then we get the montage of Bart just watching Milhouse. They've got a kick out of the uh, the sketch artist drawing Bart watching them. <laughs> <laughs> then Bart calls Greta. <laughs> Halfway through his apology, he's there now, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> she answers. Uh, some real soap opera shit, yeah. <laughs> and she explains that they're going to Toronto. You going to Spain? Goodbye, Bart. <laughs> so to win Greta back, I have to go to Toronto. Canada? Why should we leave America to visit America Junior? This is for love, Dad. Someday you'll feel what I feel. It's only fair. We went to Europe when Lisa lost her balloon. Maggie, what do you think? All right, son. We'll all go. First class. They arrive in Toronto with a hockey player. And was that Bigfoot that got off the bus there? Yeah, or Sasquatch. or Was Bigfoot supposedly filmed in Canada, though? I thought it was filmed in the States. The footage of, ba- of Bigfoot. You know that, that fake footage? Uh, I think... So. Well... Let's look it up. I, th- I think um, both America and Canada have their own versions. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Well, And just as, you know... Because uh, the Yeti is like an Asian thing, right? That's like the Himalayas and stuff. Hmm. But America has Bigfoot, and I think Canada has Sasquatch. Oh, there you go. So Harry from Harry and the Hendersons is who? Bigfoot or Sasquatch? I think he would be Bigfoot. He would be Bigfoot. But I'm not an authority on these uh, <laughs> on these things. <laughs> Still, though, one scene in a movie that warms my heart every time I watch it is Harry laughing at television in Harry and the Hendersons. Have you ever, have you ever seen that scene where he's just <laughs> laughing uproariously at the television? Oh, man, it gets me every time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so they've arrived in Toronto Homer J walks because he knows he's going to get free healthcare and uh, as we were discussing it's just a bunch of stereotypical jokes it's like trying to cram Bart versus Australia into three minutes I'm a ten year old boy in Toronto I should be the happiest kid in the world but I can't stop thinking about Greta oh you'll win her back eh and B we're closing in five minutes would a US dollar change your mind American currency what time would you like your breakfast well I think I'll write down here Canada jokes, eh? Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. 
Canadian graffiti, how it's actually saying, you know, what does it <laughs> obey the rules? Obey the rules, yeah. Undercover, they get to the undercover nerd set. Um, they watch the scene with acting it out, and then Homer tells Bart to go for it, go talk to her. She's sitting there waiting. Milhouse interferes. <laughs> oh, by the way, Wolfcastle's sort of, you know, fighting back against the bullies by impaling one of the bullies with another yeah. bully. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was pretty neat. <laughs> uh, Homer then tells Bart to go for it. She's just sitting over there. Go tell her how you feel. Milhouse stops him because she's with the house now. The house always wins, and they have a fight, <laughs> very much like the uh, Peter Griffin versus Chicken fight. That would come in later years, and I always loved the fight music. It's, this is pretty much the exact same thing that happened in the worst episode ever, where they take over the comic book. You know, they have that fight. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, they end up rolling through <laughs> into the curling for loonies TV show. Uh, both our viewers must be thrilled, and then Greta is just somehow there now in the yeah. in that studio. I was like, okay, didn't explain how she got there, why she followed them, but. Uh, that's pretty much it. Like the episode ends with um, her saying, "Sorry, I want a guy who's muscular," and that's neither of these two guys. How come you always run out of tardy slips before you run out of permission slips? How come you suck? Um, uh, I lack confidence. <laughs> Wait through to the very end, over the Gracie. You will hear, what's up? Oh, do you really? Okay, just one more time to be extra annoying. Indeed. <laughs> but as we said, though, uh, I think this was, a, uh, it's been a big improvement for season 13. For me in particular, I really liked last week's episode. I thought this one was really good too. It was just a single story throughout the whole thing. The Canada thing, not nothing against Canada. I mean, I, I personally no. think Canadians should have had a whole episode dedicated to themselves. But I think, as you discussed, they could have kept this in Springfield and they, they sort of lost focus in the last three or five minutes because they were just like, let's get as much Canada stuff in as possible when the story yeah. the story became, it wasn't sort of the, the forefront of the episode anymore. It was like, we're in Canada because Bart's supposed to be trying to win back Greta. Why are you sightseeing? Yeah, the Canada stuff felt superfluous. I'm glad you explained the stuff about the Olympics at the uh, at the very beginning because yeah. I felt, I was like, I mean, I get the joke about, you know, Homer being all pissed off that he can't watch his regular TV shows because it's all Olympics all the time. That's kind of funny, but I mean... It's, it's meant to be how everyone at the time would have been feeling because the Olympics were on. Yeah. yeah, but it felt bits weren't flowing into each other naturally. Okay, the Olympics bit makes sense. The prep school thing, okay, that makes sense because that's where someone like Greta would go and they need to meet Greta. Okay, fine, understand. And then you've got that whole plot with, you know, Bart doesn't get that this girl's in love with it. That's all fine, all fine. Yeah, the Canada stuff just felt a bit like... Uh, we should have some... Hey, have we done the thing on Canada? Canada's kind of funny. Let's do mm. stuff on that. So, mm. I just think they've done the whole... I just think they've done that too much where they waste... Not waste, but the first five minutes of an episode is just... So what I'm trying to say is, you know the episode where uh, Krusty finds his daughter? They go to a <laughs> fair and a bunch of stuff happens and then eventually Krusty meets his daughter. So yeah. in this one here, a bunch of stuff happens at a fair and Bart meets Renew Castle's daughter. It's like they keep going to the... bunch of stuff happens at a fair and then we get to the story. I get the feeling in the writer's room, and I may be completely wrong here, but, you know, there's probably a bunch of, like, just um, single gags, one, you know, single-serve gags yeah. that are floating around. It's like, that's good. I don't know exactly how to fold it into a story, so let's just throw it into something. Yeah. You know, it doesn't need to be connected to anything, but it's you know, it might get a laugh. Yeah, it's, it's good, I, as good a reason as a, uh, to put a joke in as any. So, I will say though, um, as as you pointed out though, it was important for the character of Greta, who 
liked Bart because he saved the day. He was like the big muscular, not muscular, but you know, the big macho guy who saved her, like much like her dad would save people in movies. Bart yeah. couldn't do that to a normal bully at Springfield Elementary. He could only do that to preppy kids who aren't could, used to who, who, retaliating, you know? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's a good point. So, um... So that worked. Yeah. But we didn't need things like Cletus talking to Wolfgang Puck and things like that. No, you know? no. But yeah, so I get the feeling there's a whole bunch of things like that. And I mean, I don't know, maybe someone at Wolfgang Puck's people reached out and said, hmm. Wolfgang Wolfgang loves the Simpsons. He would love to come on. And, you know, they'd probably get a whole bunch of Wolfgang Puck mini pizzas for the writer's room as a result. I don't know. I just don't like when they get celebrities on for like a 20-second bit that has no bearing on the story. You know, yeah. it's like, we just wanted to get... We just want to be able to say we had him on the episode. I was like, yeah, but it's fucking taken away from the actual episode. You know what I mean? True, true. And like you said before, I mean, if you're going to use Canada, use Canada. I mean, there's that joke yeah. you said before about how, you know, Homer doesn't mind walking against the uh, the don't walk signal because, you know, if he gets hit, hit by a car, uh, they've got universal health care or something. I mean, what if they did an episode where there was some kind of health scare for one member of the Simpsons family? It's like, well, we can't afford this. How can we sort of pull some finagle or some sort of scheme where we can take advantage of free Canadian healthcare? You know, so how like Bart scams Australia. (laughs) Yeah, like, and so you know, the Simpsons scam Canada. You know, and of course these Canadians are also, but yeah, the Canadians are also sort of polite and willing to help. (laughs) (laughs) They know they're being scammed. Yeah, it's like "Eh, we don't mind. You know, everyone comes up here to you know to get uh, to get free healthcare. I don't know, maybe. I'm not, I'm not telling you people your jobs. You've brought up a couple of good points in this episode that I think would have been much better. I really enjoyed your description of the Wolfcastle segment where you would say that uh, Homer and Wolfcastle would have to break up as well. I think that would have yeah. been a fucking great way to have this story yeah. going. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. it would have been fun. Why, where were you in 2002? Why weren't you writing for The Simpsons? Why were you writing for The Jolly <laughs> Advertiser? <laughs> That's true, yeah. You know, that uh, The glory... Uh, the highfalutin Geelong advertiser, the bright lights of the big city just uh, seduced me. <laughs> Sorry, Simpsons. <laughs> what did we learn, Palmer? So what did you learn from the episode, Mr. Davis? Uh, that we were all apparently saying, what's up, a lot in the early 2000s. Yeah, we apparently were. I learned that you've not heard this show until you've heard it or watched it on DVD. <laughs> With the commentary. <laughs> <laughs> from this day forward, your names will be... Yes, it is time for the Guy Davis New Name Championship. But before he gets into this week's new names for the Barts, the Bart wants what it wants, I'm going to read it the leaderboard. <laughs> so, in third position, we have a two way tie. Both on seven points, we have Philip Hawkins and Stephen Roberts. Uh, outright uh, second position, we have Josh Hedge on nine points. And three points clear atop the leaderboard on 12 points, we have Garode Harrahill. Take it away, Mr. Davis. What have we got this week? All right, well, you mentioned the uh, the illustrious Garrod Harrahill. He didn't quite make the top three this time around, but as always, or as nearly always, an honourable mention for Mr. Harrahill because he keeps coming up with the good stuff. Uh, and this time he gave us, you cannot, you, <laughs> sorry, I, missed, missed, uh, I stumbled over that one. You Canada always get what you want. Very good. I like it. But it's, it's not too bad, is it? Because uh, it you know, plays into the story of the fact that Bart can't always get what he wants. They're in Canada. I like it. Yeah, it's pretty good. That's true. It's true. I mean, Canada made an appearance in a few uh, a few of the alternative titles. Nora Coker, for instance, gave us Do Canada. Mm-hmm. As in, oh, Canada. Yeah. You, Do you, you, Canada. You get it. You get it. <laughs> you get it. You get it. It's good. Um, and also, Joel Yaland, uh, this or Yaland, or 
folks, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing surnames here, and by all means, let us know if I'm doing so, because I'd really hate to sort of, uh, you know, hurt anybody's feelings or anything like that. Um... Joel gave us uh, Greta Van Fleeting Romance. <laughs> um, uh, Greta Van Fleet is apparently a band or a solo artist. That's the kind of stage of life I'm at where I have to ask people, Greta Van Fleet, solo artist or uh, or band? <laughs> um, but I know that I know they do music, so there we go. But uh, that's the honourable mentions for this time around. Let's get into gold, silver and bronze. Let's do it. And um, one point goes to uh, Alistair Danik. Oh, Alistair. Is this the first time he's met the leaderboard this season? I think it is. Alistair Danik. Well done, sir. I leave the leaderboard to you, Dando. You're good at sort of facts and mm. figures and uh, lists and all that kind of business. Uh, I'm just here to freewheel and associate. But Alistair Danik, one point for Greta Off Alone. Mm-hmm. Not bad, eh? I liked it. Uh, two points to Luke McKay or Mackay. Um, he... Ga- he Gave us quality and quantity this time around. Um, both Wolfcastle related uh, with Bart and Milhouse go to Wolfcastle. <laughs> I like play it. On yeah. Harold and Kuma. That's not bad, is it? And a little bit of a Studio Ghibli uh, reference with Bart's moving Wolfcastle. Mm, very good, yeah. <laughs> appealing to, appealing, to, appealing but, to things that you like. Appealing to nerds. <laughs> <laughs> so that puts Luke on five points, so he's now equal fifth at the moment. With Nora. Oh, nice one, yes. Luke. Uh, but atop uh, the uh, the victory dais this time around, it's Nick James. Ooh, well done. Uh, Nick James, Nick James, bitch. <laughs> it's Nick James, bitch. <laughs> um, and, uh, I quite like the, uh, the title he gave uh, this episode. It's The Boy Who Cried Wolf Castle. That's very good. Well done, Nick. It's good, isn't it? Just simple, effective, gets the job done. I like it. Nice work, Nick. So three points to that man. All right, so current leaderboard has not changed because none of those people got any points. So still in third position, Phil Hawkins and Stephen Roberts. Second position, uh, second position, I should say, is Josh Hedge. And first position is still Garoad Harry Hill. But we had a few newbies onto the leaderboard today. So well done to all those guys. Nick James and Alistair Denick, you're now into the wildcard draw for the end of the season. Unless, of course, you get three points for the next several weeks and you somehow topple Garoad. But it's going to be a hard slog from here if you want to do that. <laughs> Indeed. And Mr. Harrell, I hope you noticed that I did uh, endeavour to pronounce your first name correctly this time around, and hopefully you won't headbutt me when we meet. <laughs> All right, so that's enough new names for this week. I think it is now time for... Jamil! Jamil is here! Ooh. Yes, it is the mailbag. We had a few questions come through this week for the but once what it wants. First question here from our man, George McMenemy, fellow wrestling fan. Uh, all the way from the UK, he says, if you could have a celebrity drinking buddy, who would it be? I think Conan O'Brien would be pretty fun. I imagine he would be, actually, yeah. I think he'd get some uh, some very interesting stories out of uh, out of old mate Conan once you uh, topped him up with whatever he chooses to uh, whatever he chooses to drink. I mean, he's wacky enough uh, when yeah. he's sober. True. Imagine what it'd be like with... Um, let's just assume he has um, like a craft beer, you know, Put three, you know, sort of craft IPAs under his belt, and goodness only knows what you'd find out. This is what the Simpsons writing staff should do. They should go to Conan's house once a, once a year with a few drinks, whatever he likes, his favorite drink, and just brainstorm and be like, "All right, let's fucking shoot the shit and think of some Simpsons episode ideas," and just let Conan come up with some actual quality. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad idea at all. Honestly. Season thirty-four, written by Conan O'Brien. <laughs> Story by Conan O'Brien. Um, screenplay by. 
Yes, whoever sort of takes Conan's ideas and runs with them. Um, Who would you want to have a drink with? Um, look, it's clear that I've been thinking way too much about this. I think a night on the beers with the Fellowship of the Ring would be pretty rad. You, you may have seen the uh, sort of behind-the-scenes stuff, uh, the making of the Lord of the Rings. You know, I have not. I've, only, I've not even seen the movies, mate. Oh, good lord, Dando! Oh, I think I've seen. The, I've, little... I've seen the first one, maybe. But see, I always just said, "I'm, I'm going to watch them. I want to sit down and watch them in one continuous slog." And I bought them on 4K about a year ago, <gasps> and I haven't even cracked the plastic yet because I haven't had a chance to sit there for nine hours and watch them. But I want to watch them in the best quality possible, full director's editions, and watch them all in one big go. Indeed. Well, uh, that's that's pretty much that's a commitment. That's a that's a whole day and uh, and then some. So I think Nicola better take the kids and visit some uh, some other relative or something like that. Uh, but the behind the scenes stuff about the uh, making of the Lord of the Rings movies, they just seem to have such a great relationship. All those guys and thought, oh man. And it sounds like they were having a great time in New Zealand while they were making it. They were working hard, but they were also kind of playing hard. So that sounded kind of cool. Um, either that or, you know, a couple of bottles of red wine and some smokes with Kate Winslet, I think, would uh, be quite a treat. Or um, margaritas with George Clooney. George, yeah, but he'd, put, he'd spike your drink or something. Uh, he'd use his own tequila. <laughs> you know, that's the thing, because, I mean, tequila, um, Clooney was already sort of well off, well off enough as it is, but he... Um, he pulled some deal where he he bought some tequila company or started some tequila company with a mate of his, and then sold it to some, you know, food and drink empire for like a billion dollars. I mean, he was rich before, and now he's just fuck you, rich. So, I don't know. He'd, he'd probably have tequila to spare, so I'd have some margaritas with George. I'd love to have a beer with Brendan Fraser and just be like, "What happened, man? Just tell me, like, do do you know? Because we don't. Can you just explain what, what happened? There, there is a story about what happened to Brendan Fraser, actually. And so there was a really good article in GQ magazine about it. I mean, Fraser was very, very sort of um, honest about a lot of things that happened in his life. I mean, and none of which seemed to be, none of which were his uh, his fault or his doing. I will put a link up to this on the um, on the Facebook page and maybe also send it to you, Dan, because it's a very good read. Looking forward to it, because Brendan Fraser was always one of my favourite actors when I was growing up. I really enjoyed him. Wholly understandable. He's having a bit of a, a bit of a renaissance now. He's um, he's uh, starring in a movie called No Sudden Move, directed by Steven Soderbergh. He's got an all-star cast that's coming out fairly soon. And I think he has got the lead in a movie directed by Darren Aronofsky, the maker of Black Swan and uh, The Wrestler. So, And The Wrestler was a really good sort of uh, comeback role for Mickey Rourke, so he may, he may work the same magic with our man Brendan, hopefully. Yeah. I think he, just, he suffered from the Chris Pratt disease, where it's like, I really like you, Chris Pratt. You're one of my favourite actors. Oh, oh, you're in this. Oh, and you're in this. Oh, you're in every movie on the bill tonight. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, if you eat like, your favourite meal every night of the week for a week, it's not your favourite meal anymore. True. He, look, he made some so-so choices, and he made, yeah, all that kind of stuff, but there, yeah, there's a lot of other stuff that happened. That's uh, it was just it was just in everything, like at that well, between like '97 and '99. Brendan Fraser was in so many movies. Well, I, I don't know if I've said this on the uh, on the podcast in the past because we've probably spoken about Brendan Fraser in the past. But I mean, rewatching the Mummy, just the original Mummy, I fucking love that like, movie. He is so good in that movie. He's like he is fantastic. like a, such a good action star in that. Oh god, he is like he's got the the best qualities of all four Chris's. Yeah. He's like, he's like Hemsworth, Pine, Pratt and Evans all rolled into one. He's like, I'm, I'm a, he, he was I'm, like, I'm going to watch per- the mummy tonight. Now that you've talked about this, I think yeah. he was, he was a perfect, yeah, yeah. He's a perfect fit for like a Marvel movie. If Marvel movies were a thing, if the MCU was a thing in 1999, you can guarantee Brendan Fraser would have been front and center. Oh God. Yeah. I think I said this on, uh, on Facebook or on, um, on Twitter a little while ago, because I found some 
some terrific picture of Fraser from 1993 and he's, I think it's from a gap ad or something. He's doing like a yoga pose and he's got this, you know, sort of goofy smile on his face and he was probably in not quite George of the Jungle shape, but, you know, he was a, you know, fairly well put together dude. And I said, honest to God, if you'd put Brendan Fraser, if you'd cast Brendan Fraser as Superman in like, as like in 1996 or something, oh yeah, you, you would have awesome. made a trillion dollars. Because he could have pulled off Clark Kent so well. Absolutely. That sounded so dirty. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on that note, next question. All righty, so next Andy Gangler says, what do you think the plot of Undercover Nerd 2 would have been and what would be... And what and would it be as solid a title as MVP? <laughs> Old most valuable primate, guy's favourite. Um, I think undercover. Well, undercover nerd. What was nerd the, what was the is, plot of undercover nerd one? Was he in high school? Yeah, he was in high school. But what was the okay, plot? So Did they explain the plot? I don't think so. I think he was just an undercover nerd, probably you know, <laughs> uh, fighting for the rights of geeks everywhere. It's like you've picked on the geeks for too long. Time for the, you know, what did he say? Time for the geek to inherit the earth or something? I think that's in the episode. So maybe, <laughs> may, maybe he could become an undercover substitute teacher. That or it's the college years, which is basically 22 <laughs> Jump Street. Yeah. <laughs> 22 Jump Street's very underrated, by the way. It should be revisited. And it's got an early, early role from uh, Wyatt Russell, a.k.a. John Walker from Falcon of the Winter Soldier. Oh, okay. I um I might have to check that out. I don't think I ever watched 22. I watched 21. I didn't mind it, 21. It was pretty good. Uh, next question comes from Reese Roberts. Reese Roberts says, if you could replace any actor in any movie with Rainier Wolfcastle, what would it be? He thinks he'd be great in the Fast and the Furious films. I th- I can't go past that. I think that's I think that's a very good idea by Reese. I mean, given that Rainier Wolfcastle is basically John Senna, do you say Senna or Cena? By the way, oh, the John Cena, <laughs> John Cena. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I was just going to let you go, but yes, yeah, it's John Cena. <laughs> okay, I'm very big on pronunciation this episode, but I mean, you probably would have watched the trailer for Fast and Furious Nine. Oh I God, no! <laughs> <laughs> I'm not fucking the it's, slightest bit interested in watching those movies. It is out there, um, and and John Cena has joined the cast. Or Cena, Cena sorry. <laughs> Cena, John Cena, Warrior Princess, uh, has joined the cast as Vin Diesel's brother. Yeah, I, I know the story of it. I, I, I think I've seen like a ten-second clip where like a, a helicopter gets smashed by a tank or something. Is that that trailer? Something along there. Yeah, th- those movies are just absolutely bananas. B a n a n a s. Especially but, when it comes to the box but, office takings. Well, true, but John Cena is basically Rainier Wolfcastle. So, um, yeah, look, I would probably slot him into the Fast and Furious uh, franchise. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. And final question here comes from Luke McKay. And Luke McKay says, what's your favourite action star-led comedy a la Arnold Schwarzenegger in Jingle All The Way or Bruce Willis in Look Who's Talking? I really liked as a kid and I have not revisited it for at least, I'd say, Probably 20 years now, because I'm too scared to go back and revisit it, because I think it's going to be terrible, but it's it's Kindergarten Cop with Arnold Schwarzenegger. I think you could revisit that one. I think it's probably the best out of that... Um, Early 90s comedy? Uh, Ar- Arnold comedy trilogy that he did in the 90s. With Was it the, Twins uh, Jr. and Kindergarten Cop? Was Twins Jr. and Kindergarten Cop, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, you did, really did jingle all the way as well, but yeah, yeah. No, I think Kindergarten Cop might be the one that stands up out of those three. Okay. I just remember yeah, the yeah. girls have 
No, boys have penises, girls have vaginas. I still remember that line. <laughs> yes, don't uh, think that'll fly these days. And, that's and the, that, the kid's, guy, that kid's perpetuating the gender binary. We won't have it. The guy who played the villain was a real dirtbag as well, I remember in that film. He like kid after kid and he climbed a fucking phone tower or something. Absolutely. I mean, it's got this weird combo of just um you know, lighthearted uh lighthearted comedy with Arnold and the kids, and then it gets really sort of not gratuitously violent, but it's like for a movie called Kindergarten Cop, this is really sort of bringing the muscle. <laughs> I mean, um, plus there's the other bit where, you know, there's the one little kid who sort of shows up and his dad's clearly sort of roughing him up. Yes. And I was like, I'm not taking this. And he goes yeah. out and sort of like smacks the dad around in front of all yeah. the kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, no, you're not worth it. Next time I press charges. God, like, I, I haven't thought about that scene for so long. Wowee. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're you're going to um, revisit The Mummy I'm going to revisit Kindergarten Cop Good idea Good idea. <laughs> um, Look there was one that I was thinking of Actually it was a bit of a reverse Which is Sorry Luke I don't mean, mean to be messing with your um, With your question here But um, there's a movie called Bulletproof Like back in the oh, mid 90s Oh fuck I them. love that movie Yeah uh, Teaming up uh, Adam Sandler and Damon Wayans and, They I mean, were a great duo they were a very good duo, and I mean that's it's not a bad um, it's not a bad action movie, and it's got a few laughs in. It. I think you know Sandler had been in uh, Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore at that stage, nah, and th- this was oh no, was this ninety six? I reckon this was ninety six. Yeah, because so, that's the same year as Happy Gilmore. Then yeah, okay. So, and I think Sandler was you know he he knew what he was doing, but he was still sort of I think he was trying a lot of things, trying a lot of different genres. Um, and um, yeah, took a took a swing at action. Yeah, Bulletproof's actually not bad. I mean, it's uh, directed by a guy named Ernest Dickerson, who um, made one of my favourite horror movies called Demon Knight. That's he, so it's got good action chops. Um, and it's got my man James Khan from The Godfather and Misery um, as the bad guy in it. So yeah. yeah, top stuff. But if we're going the if we're going the way that Luke recommended, there's a show on Amazon Prime called Jean Claude Van Johnson. Um, <laughs> okay. Which is basically Jean Claude Van Damme, and I think the the plot of it is, and it's just, <laughs> I'll grass about this in a second, but he's basically playing Jean Claude Van Damme, except his real name is Jean Claude Van Johnson, and he's like a secret agent, and Van Damme is like his cover. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, which it's not look, it's not great, but it's kind of funny, and Van Damme is actually kind of funny in it because he's not he's not overdoing it; he's being very deadpan. But I kind of ripped off an idea that I had, <laughs> and I'm sorry, I hate to be one of those people who's like, you know, comes forward 10 years later and goes, uh, yes, you'll find that my original screenplay is actually uh, a lot like The Matrix, so give me $2 million, please. <laughs> um, but I actually had this idea about like a, um, a faded B-movie actor, sort of like Bruce Campbell, whose career is on the skids, and he gets roped into working for this organization that has a front as like a talent agency like um I'm pretty sure you I'm pretty sure you've explained this actually. Haven't I? Yeah. <laughs> and you know, he gets roped into making all these boo movies that are actually B movie uh, B grade horror movies and cheap ass horror movies that are actual covers for monster hunting missions. Um I I found like a an old notebook where I had like four or five pages of notes on this. I thought this is actually not bad. I should really get working on this if only because uh our hero some of his movies include Creeper versus Reaper, um, <laughs> and and the Slime Warp series. You know, Slime Warp, uh, Slime Warp colon Slime after Slime, and Slime Warp Slime of the Century. So, <laughs> Slime of the Century. <laughs> what about what about? Now, I haven't seen this film, 
but it's been recommended to me as a film that's actually quite good. What about Mel Gibson in What Women Want? It's not bad. It's an interesting concept, and um, it's interesting seeing Mel do it, given that we sort of everything we know about Mel Gibson these days. But he's really charming in it. Because, I mean, you know, he's sort of primarily known as, you know, being Mad Max and Martin Riggs and being in movies like Ransom and all that kind of Braveheart. stuff. Braveheart. And Braveheart, of course, yeah. But uh, here he is as kind of the lead in this romantic comedy and actually pulling it off quite well. I mean, he's uh, he's got great comic timing and he's sort of legitimately... He in, you know he's got great relationships with the uh, with all the actresses in the movie. It's uh, it's it's not a great movie by any means, but uh, it's kind of fun and 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 it's actually really uh, really fun seeing Mel you know in a bit of a change of pace. I think the most likable these days action star who could star in comedies like Kindergarten Cop and whatnot and pull it off and not feel like they're trying too hard would be Hugh Jackman. That's a good idea, actually, yeah. I think yeah, with someone like Ryan Reynolds, he'd be trying too hard. I think with The Rock, he's sort of become a bit too sort of too beefy. And um, yeah, I think Hugh Jackman might actually be... Uh, he'd be believable and you would fall in love with him, I think. I think so. Not that we're not in love with him already. Yeah, I know, right. What's he doing these <laughs> days? He hasn't really done much since The Greatest Showman, has he? Let's see, when was Logan? Logan was a couple of years ago now, wasn't it? I would have been 2017, about four years ago. Yeah, yeah. Greatest Showman. I think he's getting ready to do um, a show on Broadway at the moment, actually. I think he's doing The Music Man, which is kind of a, you know, what it, what inspired uh, Monorail. So, um, there you go. There we go. All righty. Well, that wraps up our review of The Bart Wants What It Wants. Thanks, guys, for sending in your questions. Don't forget, follow us on Twitter at Four Finger Pod. Follow us on Instagram at Four Finger Discount. Follow us on Facebook, Four Finger Discount. And if you could take a couple of moments of your week to just chuck us five stars and leave a few kind words on iTunes, that would be really appreciated. Uh, next week, Mr. Davis, we're not going to be doing yes. a Season 13 episode. We're going all oh. the way back to Season 1, Episode 3, Homer's Odyssey. We're going to revisit that with you, Mr. Davis. I've done it before with Mitch, but we get some fresh eyes on this episode, and we're going to see what you think. I'm sure the listeners can't wait to hear your thoughts on that one. So Homer's Odyssey next week, guys, and then the following week we'll be back to your regular Season 13 episodes. Don't forget... If you want to support the show and get a bunch of exclusive podcasts in return, just be a Four Finger Discount patron where this month we've gone and reviewed the Beer Baron episode, which we haven't quite reviewed yet, but it's going to be up by the end of the month. We're going back, Homer versus the 18th Amendment, the Beer Baron episode, which was selected by the patrons each month. The patrons selected episode from the golden era for Guy and I to go back and revisit the Four Finger Discount, revisit the classics. But if you don't want to be a patron, that's perfectly fine as well. We appreciate the fact that you're just listening to the show. So each month we're going to be doing a classic review, so Homer's Odyssey, but we're going to be doing those ones in chronological order. So if you want to wait and wait and wait and wait and wait till we eventually catch up to these Four Finger Discount revisited classics, do it by all means. I'd love for you to. But if you want to get them early and get them right now in your ears, it's going to be a $1 plus patron at patreon.com slash discount where we've already done reviews on Bart vs. Australia, I Love Lisa, and what do we do this month? Home of the Vigilante, as well as Homer vs. the 18th Amendment coming up as well. But for now, Mr. Davis, any final words for our incredible listeners? Podcast time is over. Shh.